So we back. We came for finally. We were able to do part two of our um, episode with our gentleman here. Um, we were originally going to talk about protecting black women, but um, the conversation actually we pre-recorded this, so the episode actually ended up turning into something like that, and then morphed into um, going bit a little bit beyond um, that conversation. What that means, like in a dating world, and how that shows up as we are being courted or as um, guys are, are looking to date. So uh, please go ahead and tune in. We have our gentleman with us. Can y'all introduce yourselves again? Hey, hey, how y'all doing? My name is Winner. Act like you're not. And if you did it, now you do. Second place is the first to lose, baby. Yeah, so uh, 25, no kids, three businesses, uh, born and raised in Inglewood, California. Uh, okay, you know, right. Yeah, no, let's make it happen. So, uh, you know, we do business consultations, you know, personal development. Um, we work with numerous nonprofits. We do graphic design, website building. Uh, we help you help yourself, you know. So, tap in, tap, tap, tap. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You said that. I know that Jack Henning, bro. I just took a go with Jack right now. I feel like that. I feel like that. Tap, 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 tap. Uh, what's up? My name is Kanai. I'm the founder of Peace of Mind. Uh, we're an organization in Compton. We host open mics, jam sessions, networking events, um, all about the community. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Naeem. Um, originally from the East Coast, North of Virginia, specifically Berkeley. That's where I come from. I've uh, been here in L.A. for the past three years now. I'm well-traveled, well-dressed, well-educated, hey. well-determined to you know, reach my goals. So, tap in. Hello! Hey.
you been at your table, they been at their table, and you know y'all keep like making eye contact, mm. so you know what's up. But it's just like, okay, it's COVID. You gonna let COVID stop you? Because <laughs> 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 COVID gonna stop you from being your wife? And we I'm talked like, about that you know, last time. <laughs> and we had an issue with that last time. What's that face, well, I Depends on what you're saying when you're flirting, I guess. Can you appreciate a woman without flirting? Absolutely. And that goes with holding the door for a woman. You know, like the simple things that I feel like our generation of people Mm -hmm. don't do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it, it really be the simple things that, I mean, fellas, what y'all think? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I can only speak from my perspective. (laughs) (laughs) T-Pain got a song (laughs) featuring someone else that is naming. None, I'm not naming any names, right. but it's called I'm a flirt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, some people just like to flirt. Like, it's yeah. part of their nature. It's part of what they do. Maybe it's no attention. It's like, yo, I like to just flirt people just every day. Like, right. some people do it without even knowing they're flirting with someone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know why do I mean? you think someone someone would do that? Because all actions come from something. So why do you think someone would just flirt with a bunch of people with no intentions of anything? Mm. Why do you think? I mean, it, it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. Because uh, some people like myself like to make people feel good. 
Oh, so you consider yourself a flirt? Please tell the ladies. Oh yeah, no, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies know. The ladies know. The ladies know. Oh, I'm unaware, and I'm a lady, so I'm sure there's some ladies who don't know. So let the folks know. Well, you see, I didn't have any intentions, so you felt the difference in conversation. Like you wasn't flirting like, with me. Right, exactly. But I'm right. flirty, oh, so like when I have conversation with certain individuals, I flirt because I want to make them feel a certain type of way. But that don't mean I want to actually pursue them on the next level up. At that moment, we want to share this memory today, in mm. this moment, That's you know? Right. So after that, like, you can do what you want to do. Like you said, like, I want to boost your standards for the day. Like, you feel me? For, like, for the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have to, oh, now she's about to be my wife because I opened the door and bought you some food. Like, we, we can't be cool and uh, exchange that type of energy. And then at the same time, you can never know what somebody else got going on. You can smile at a woman and she can make feel like, oh, yeah, he flirted with me because he's smiling. He right, yep, right. She can right. be married. She can be, mm-hmm. like, going through with her man, any of that. So, like, it, it, it's levels and it's boundaries to certain things for both yeah. spectrums, whether it's the mm-hmm. man right. or the female, you know? So it's just like, I don't know. Like, you got for me personally, I'm reserved, you know? So before I flirt, I'm going to say, okay, do I really want to invest my time in this or can I even see myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might just be out going to get some gas and there might be a female at the gas station trying to put some air in her tire or something like that. That is not necessarily flirting, helping a female put air in her tire. That's just being a gentleman. Right. That's how I was raised. So you got to make right. sure you understand the difference between flirting and being a gentleman, you know? Mm-hmm. At the same time, this is the real, like, for real, for real, like. Okay. Come on, preacher. It's the difference from networking and flirting because like it's a lot of women out here that's really getting it and there's a lot of men out here that's getting it as well so if i'm hopping in your dms it's not necessarily mean i'm trying to get with you i want to network you know mm-hmm. and but women be so standoffish that oh you automatically think i'm trying to get at you no i see what you got going on i support it let me elevate that you feel like how can i play my part and like expanding that you know let me share my ideas with you but a lot of times women be thinking oh you trying to get at me this that, and the third and they be blocking their own blessing so it's just like you know Do we? No, Tell us what we be doing. I can't speak for that. <laughs> I can only speak for myself and my own experience. That's your experience? You know? Like when you speak, well, going to a woman's DMs that you feel like she assumes that you're coming from that? Well, I'm just saying in general, not just mm-hmm. necessarily my experience, but just like being out talking to guys and like having friends that go through different things or just mm-hmm. like watching somebody else, you know, trials and, you know, just like, oh, I want to network with her. Like she's on point, you mm-hmm. know, like she know a lot of yeah. people, like let's build, let's like, like, be partners or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. on a professional level. And I don't know, I can't like speak for nobody else. I, I'm, I'm Why sure. is that? Why do you um, think that is? I can only speak for my own. I, I, yeah, I like what's your experience? I, I mean, I've had friends that have stayed friends, mm-hmm. and then you will have certain friends that would want to cross that line, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe don't know how to stay that, so they keep you close to any way possible. Mm-hmm. And or like back in the day when we were younger, everybody used to get a certain title. Like this is my backbone, this is my bestie, mm-hmm. this is my left hand. Right. Because they didn't know how to communicate that. They really wanted a little bit more than just a typical regular friendship, but didn't know how to communicate it. Um, it is possible. I've seen it happen. I mean, I have one and a half, two, 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 three friends that we've never crossed that line, never flirted, never went there. Mm-hmm. Like like my sis. Um, but that's because we communicated that that was our intentions. Some people leave that so open-ended. And even when people in, uh, communicate their intentions, it's still like, oh, from a guy's perspective, I could probably still get her to, you feel me, fuck with me. Like, even though that's the home, I could probably still get her to, or even the girl, like, oh, yeah, you, you be fucking with some ducks, or you be messing with the woo woo like, oh, I, this is what I got going on, this is what I got to offer, woo 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 like, I already told you how I get it. 
I don't know. We we make it hard on ourselves in order for us to you know not cross that line. But it should be what? possible, but I mean, we don't want to so, Like the streets so like messed up these days, bro. Sis really mean like oh yeah. I'm hitting bro assist. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you just never really for real? know. For real, for real. That's not my existence. I, I don't know about right, that. Right, mine is my Okay, that's yeah. interesting. All you say is intro. Y'all know? <laughs> I mean, no, I know. <laughs> I know, and I knew that. I always assumed it happened, but that <laughs> just wasn't <laughs> ever my, that wasn't ever my thing. I was like, but I knew, that, I knew that it was happening, but right. I, I have never, like, well, heard, like, a male's perspective in that. we know. I think that some people do certain things, but that's not necessarily like generally what everyone does. Because okay, I can right, say right, from right, my right, experience, right, yeah. Yeah. most of the women in my circle, I can't say ever messed with someone they consider to be a bro. But I know that some women do do that, but they yeah. never, that that clearly wasn't what that dynamic was from the beginning. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't think that's, my experience is different for the most part. I feel like men they push the boundaries with mm. like they make it hard to be friends like in my experience i usually give the benefit of the doubt so like when men come into my dms i'm assuming that you're trying to be my friend and like just trying to be casual or something like that and i give too much benefits of the doubt and mm. it's always the other mm-hmm. it's always mm-hmm. So for me, <laughs> I feel like men make it hard to have regular platonic relationships with them. Because even when I've had guys that are friends, and I mean for years, maybe from mm-hmm. high school, and I'm thinking at this point, like we have to have be been friends, right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then for some reason, it still ain't clear to you. And then they're like trying to shoot. It's it just some weird. Just like that though. So we, but it's I'm, like. We're not going to generalize it, but it is so. Right, but we were generalized. Like in my general experience, <laughs> every time a guy came into, it, it, that's just. I mean, that's, it's really like, the percentage right. is significantly Man, it's high. it's like 99.9%. It, it really is. Like, Perfect. I'm not joking. Like, I could go in the DMs. Nah, I'm not yeah, Period. Like, what? <laughs> One, I even told a guy, and I talked about this on my Instagram, I made it very clear that I wasn't dating and that also, like, I was not interested in him in that kind of way. Mm. And then he was talking to me about his, like, life and we're having conversations and I'm thinking it's as a friend because I already made it very clear before that I wasn't even in that stage. Mm-hmm. And then somehow in the end, he was trying to, oh, can we go out? And I'm like, not as a date though, because again, now I'm trying to reiterate because I already made it clear the first time, but just in case, yeah. okay? Right, right. And then he got mad and was basically like, well, either like I'm trying to be like that with you, I'm trying to date you. And if you don't want to date, then there's no point of even like talking yeah, or yeah, being friends, yeah. deleting me off of everything. And like, that's what he was given. Even after I told him, from the gate, so he was being manipulative and was trying to play a different position to get into this lane that I already told him from the gate was something I wasn't even trying to do. So that's just my experience. See, you be quiet enough, you'll see a person true colors, like, like, delete me from everything, like, who said that just because you get turned? But that's kind of like the nature of the dating scene now. It's kind of like, if, if there's no in between, like, it's kind of, we're going to work towards being in a relationship and you're stating your intentions and like which is very scarce or you're kind of in this limbo between figuring out each other's feelings or it's very clear that you want to get down and do the do like it's really hard for people to communicate sometimes when it's just so much gray area i'm gonna stop talking but i feel you adi honestly um for me like i post a lot on my social media i'm very active on social media and nine times out of ten, like, what do you post on social media? 
that doesn't matter. I post what I want to post. I post myself oh, because I love myself. I am single. I don't have any kids. I don't have any extra responsibilities. I can post whatever I want to post. That does not warrant guys to come into my DMs constantly, even if I just don't even give it that kind of energy to continue to like try to yeah. – run game and all this other shit, especially if they're not even serious about doing anything and I'm like con- not giving you the same energy you're giving me. It don't matter what I post on my social media. So what are, what, yeah, what I are think you? just from, a, I don't know, from uh-huh. a male's perspective, I think guys like to shoot shots. Right. So I think depending on maybe someone posting on social media requires a different type of shot. Like if I was on social media and I post motivational words every day as a girl, I don't know how many guys would try to attempt that. Right. You know what I mean? Rather than if I post an OnlyFans type of picture. You don't even got to be that stream of OnlyFans. Like, you know, it could just Interesting. be Interesting. Like, you get what I'm trying to say, though? So you mean if a girl is an attractive, beautiful woman. Right. And she has is. a great mind because she's post- posting inspirational quotes, that wouldn't make you shoot your shot. But if a girl is um, embracing her body on her social media, that would then make you feel like that you have a shot and you should take your shot at that point. I think it's due to the But they want the educated woman at the end of the day. Wait, hold on. They're going to speak because I'm interested. I don't... Yeah, go ahead. Speak. What you was going to say? Let me want your respective answer. Yeah, okay. Because we see it's this. You break it. I hate you. No, I literally was asking a sincere question. I know. That's why I hate you. Yeah. Well, we just kind of clarify what you said. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think as a male, I think it is maybe sometimes perceived as the easier shot or maybe perceived as, um, I wouldn't say it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that's easy to like, kind of go like, oh, you look nice. Mm-hmm. Rather than, oh, that's a good quote. Oh, that made my spirits high. I think mm-hmm. as a male, if I saw a photo of someone looking more attractive, I would be more inclined to say, oh, you looking good or whatever pick a line that comes in the back of my head first. Mm-hmm. Rather than when I see the quote, I might not have some type of response that may be able to go with that as easy or as fast. I think for me, it's just like, mm-hmm. if I see somebody post a positive quote, I might like give them my perspective or like try to create some type of conversation around like the quote that they're posting mm-hmm. just to see, okay, can we communicate? You know, can we have yeah. a general conversation? If the conversation goes good, then maybe, you know, I won't say nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yeah. like, you know, it's just conversation. But if I'm trying to get at her, then I might share like some information like, pertaining to things that I might think that she would like. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the conversation to go from there. But you know what I'm saying? I don't want to go like, Vince kind of slammed on arm in the room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this my number hit me up. Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, you got to gradually, you know what I'm saying? Like, see if this person is, has even had the potential, even the substance mm-hmm. that you're looking for to be able to build on a different level, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, that's like not wasting your own time being able to do that. So, like, before I give you my number, like, I might converse with you for a month. I might converse with you for six months. I might converse with you for a year, two years before mm-hmm. I even try to give you my number just, you know, to make sure that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the energy is there. And even if we do meet up after that year or that six months, you know, and the energy is not right, then, okay, we understand that we need to keep it at this level and not necessarily cross boundaries. Yeah, we can build. But, you know, I'm not trying to pursue you on an intimate level or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's all in, in, in how strategic you are. And that's one of the main reasons why I try not to pursue women. Because, you know, me, 
you know, I like women. You know, I'm attracted to women. There's mm-hmm. a lot of attractive women out here. But before I lust on a woman, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. try to, like, cast my pearls in early, mm-hmm. you know, I got to make sure that, like, this is the one. So, like, yeah. before yeah. I even pursue you, yeah, I can give you a good conversation. Yeah, I can be a gentleman to you. But at the same time, I'm not trying to, like, create nothing or, like, establish anything with you or, like, take this to the next level. And that's right. why mm-hmm. I appreciate genuine, authentic, organic, like, you know, relationships and beginnings because, right. like, those are the things that we're – she, you might just find your wife from that. Well, opposed to, oh, let yeah. me get at her, you know, because I like what she posts on social media. Or let me get at mm-hmm. her because she looking good tonight, and I want to pay for her meal and her friend's meal because I want to like feel like I'm flexing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it, 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 it's really levels to this. You know, right. like, you just gotta understand who you are first, mm-hmm. and then two, what you want and what you desire and what your standards are, what you know, what substance you're looking for, and like what attracts you to like mm-hmm. what you ultimately want within your future, because. Right. At this point, I don't want no girlfriend. Like, right. I, I even got a rule. Okay. Like, if, if I'm talking to you and we hanging out and we doing this and the third, I'm not going to post you on my social media. Right. Like, I'm just not going to do that because a year later, it, we might not even be on good terms. Mm. And here I am looking like a fool because I done posted this woman. And now I'm dating somebody else. You feel what I'm saying? Now I post this person on my social media. And it looks like, oh, damn, he just going through women. You know, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. fuck that. I'm going to post the one. You know, so like, yeah, we're, you know, it'll be cool and, you know, we can do this in the third and go out and build and, you know, regardless for me, like from the very beginning, what, what's your goals? Like, how, what's your occupation? You know, like, even if you're not, if you don't work or, you know, whatever your situation may be, you know, I mean, COVID, so, you know, you live mm-hmm. in the real world where people are not working right now, you know, I'm not here to judge, but it's just like, what are you trying to do? Like, what's going on within the next few months of you? And how can I play my part? And, you know, how can I add value to what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't even got that established, then why am I even wasting my time? You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking for something I can chase life with, you know? Something I can chase God with, you know? And it's just like, you know, if we're not aligned just from a simple conversation, then it's just like, and you know what? I appreciate women for being protective, you know? But mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like women are overprotective to even let a man in. You know, to even like establishing the conversation to like pursue these things, you know. So like, why are women so overprotective? And oh, I understand like the nuance of like just having men constantly at you, constantly at you, constantly at you. But like, it's definitely some good men out here, you know. So like, how do you decipher between yeah. oh like you know just, like the one and just anybody else that's trying to pursue you? Can you explain what you mean by overprotective? I mean overprotective of themselves, you know. I mean like you gotta protect, and I understand protecting your energy. You know, protecting your time, you know, just protecting all of that. But when I say, like, over, overly protective, like, okay, you have an attractive woman. You have a woman in general, you know what I mean? I feel like any woman is attractive depending on who the man is and, like, what attracts that man to that woman. But it, at the same time, it's just, like, you constantly have men coming at you constantly, 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 constantly. Like, you're going to be protective of your energy. So you're not going to just be open to just any man. So, like, what makes you open to this one particular man? That you want to open up to, you know, it's just like, like, you know, so that's what I mean, like, you know, like, how do you know that's the one? Like, how do you know, okay, I'm going to give my time to him? Because I'm sure as a female DM, Ooh. there's a thousand messages of niggas just saying, damn, you look good, what's up, ma? Think on my number, this, that, and the third, dick pics, and all of that, you know, if we just really being real. <laughs> right, no, no, I mean, no, I mean, no, 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 Like, what makes a female know, like, okay, this is the one. And at the same time, you got to 
everything is developed upon scenarios, you know? Like, are you going to get at a man, at a man like, while you out? Or, like, are you going to, like, accept a man to get at you while you out? Or we living in a virtual reality now where social media, Snapchat, this, that, and the third, Instagram, all of that is the platform where we can pursue women, you know? It's just like... So Do you guys like, have an answer for his question? I think it's the approach, and that's, like, in and out of the virtual space. I think in person, it matters what the approach is. Are you trying to catcall me? Are you saying, hey, light skin this or whatever? Are you um, being disrespectful, um, calling me things that just feel inappropriate? Are you being aggressive? And then online, are you being inappropriate? Are you making right. it seem like it's just about the fact that you think I'm attractive, but you don't really care to get to know me, to find out information about me? Is it only about you trying to be sexual? Like what? what is the approach that that person is having and then whether or not they can hold a conversation um are they a conversationalist do they actually care to find out information about you care to do things that that you have interest in rather than trying to netflix and chill or um take you on a date in the backseat of his car to mcdonald's something like that mm. and that's not to say okay <laughs> that you can't have like some regular dates yeah. normal dates however i feel like we're getting to a point now in this generation where minimal is taken as like the standard and i think that that is an issue in itself like people don't really date anymore it's just you want to come to my house and chill mm. and so the bar is very very low and then that also creates a very and when we're talking about being protective now we you're we're being invited into a space that's not our space that's not neutral where of course because it's their space then it becomes very um uncomfortable and a lot of times um things just turn out like it starts to go in a sexual kind of way because now you're in their territory and they already had intentions prior even when you're trying to give the benefit of the doubt and that's why i think a lot of women are protective because at times you give opportunity and chances because you don't want to make an assumption that mm. that person is has ill intentions mm. and then you find out multiple times that okay well maybe i should not give the benefit of the doubt so then you put other layers on that and then you move and navigate accordingly and a lot of times women in this world mm. based off of how we interact with a lot of different um, demographics have to put things in place to help keep ourselves safe because we have to m maneuver and navigate this world different so i think that in many ways we are protective but i also think sometimes we aren't protective enough which is why a lot of mm. women are, end up in certain predicaments because and a lot of times get blamed for it and victim blamed because they gave too much benefits of the doubt mm. and then ended up in situations where they were either attacked, molested, or whatever it may be. Assaulted. Assaulted, yeah. et cetera. So just, just to go ahead and um, actually speak on the reality behind this conversation, I think that we don't have it enough as black women and as, gen as women in general, mm -hmm. um, is that there is a real fear behind being assaulted when you are in private spaces with men. So so a lot of times in this space, we meet in, we don't even, we can't meet in public spaces anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can, then the attendance in that space now has to be very limited. So you have to be mindful about where you go in the first place. But then to, even if you wanna get to know somebody on a one-on-one -on -one basis and you would like to go somewhere a little bit more private, I think what, what we have um, captured in this bit of the conversation, and I, I can only speak from my own experience, mm -hmm. is that sexual assault at this point is so common yeah. um, <laughs> that a lot of us don't speak on it as much as we should, but then we go in private spaces with men that we think that we might be able to trust, mm. and then it ends up becoming something or a situation that um, 
puts us at the bottom of the of the totem pole, right? And so then you know you can't really talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. You don't really have nowhere where you can report it because of the victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've allowed that person into your space or because you walked into that person's space. Mm-hmm. Right? So now when we on the dating scene as adults, as as grown as, as older women, because yeah. this tends to happen when we're younger, we just think everything cool, everything smooth, we let people in, and now it's like, oh, so now, as 30 years old, we guard it. Because I, I, I trust you. you. You seem like somebody I should be able to trust. But now I don't know where mm-hmm. I can even engage with you in a space where I know I'm going to feel safe. And I don't know that it's really any man's fault, at, like that direct man. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the experience triggers so much, um, so much fear and so yeah. much, I don't even know the other word, that trauma, I'm, yeah, it's right. trauma. That that then you don't really know how to. To, to be honest, to really I think that openly. a lot of men don't really know what sexual violence is, um, and I know this wasn't necessarily the topic of discussion, it but it's in the conversation. I think a lot of men don't know. Now I'm not saying that only men are the ones sexually violating women, right. but in this, in my experience, okay, let's put it there, um, lived experience, a lot of guys feel like. If a woman says no, they don't take the no. It's yeah, but let me keep trying. Right. Or, or oh, I like I can get oh, yeah, oh, let yeah. me let me keep going. If she says no, I don't want to do it. By definition, if she did not give you consent, that is sexual assault. A lot of times, guys will keep trying. In my experience, guys have even put it inside, even after I said I didn't want to do it. So, then what? But then we're told that we're being overprotective. And it's like, these are people that I've, like, tried to get to know, you know, ask them about their spiritual walk, ask them about their goals in life and getting to know them, not just letting any stranger, any and who spending time with, thinking that they have good intentions, giving them the benefit of the doubt because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be so guarded. But then that happens, and it's like, oh, wait, let's just try it. Like, well, are we already there? You already let me do this. You already do that. Why are you saying no? Still put it in. Oh, it's already inside. Let's keep going. I don't want to do it, period. I don't want to do it. Oh, well. And a lot of people don't really understand that that's sexual assault. They don't take that as sexual assault. I totally agree. I feel like a piece, and this is something that we kind of worked out in a, or we talked about a little bit, um, and I'm still trying to work out in our conversation with Taylor when she was here, um, but... (laughs) coercion like we don't really have much of a conversation about that but I feel like a lot of women are coerced and put in very uncomfortable situations and that kind of goes into what I was saying about like going into their space and them knowing how uncomfortable that is and then so then the coercion comes into place and they start pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and then after a while you feel like you feel like your voice isn't being listened to you feel Basically, like you have no agency. You feel as though you've been stripped of your power in that situation. You feel like you're being taken advantage of. And that happens a lot of times. I feel like even like thinking about like my dating experience, I feel like in many situations, and maybe that's why I'm very guarded, I feel like I'm constantly being coerced or people are trying to constantly coerce me into stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I gave you my answer, and now I'm very, I think very, people take think I'm abrupt and harsh because... I feel like at this point, I'm like, I'm very direct. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes I feel like I say it, but I'm trying to be nice, and I'm it. now I'm being too nice, yeah. because now you're taking it as me, like, oh, well, no maybe I can. Like, mm-hmm. she ain't really being serious, so now mm-hmm. I gotta be, give it to you like this, very direct, and then yeah. now I'm seeming 
bitchy and now I seem like I have an attitude or you're not friendly or whatever, but I have to say it like that because any type of leeway, any any smile, any lightness of the voice, any any of that, they don't take you serious. You have to be very like almost like extremely aggressive Mm -hmm. and as forceful with your with your no and like get the up and I'm not about to be playing with you and I don't like the fact that you did this and really read them they rights for them to understand that this is or like make a threat yeah you know but a lot of women don't have that voice yeah you know haven't found a way to stand up for themselves yeah. and protect themselves in that experience because yeah. you can be oh like you'll get up and you'll say oh like be as forceful right. you know after I said no and you're still doing it make a threat like oh I'm gonna call the police blah 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 and then starting a whole other scene or even having to go through that process you know, um, a lot of women have also been sexually assaulted as children. And so then carrying that in a dating scene and dating experience, being re-traumatized over and over and over again, you know what that's like. You know what it's like having to make that report as a child. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to cause that scene. You don't want to get your family involved. You don't want to get your friends involved. You don't want to get him involved. You don't want to fuck up his life. You got to protect him because black women are always protecting black men. So it's like, damn. Just might as well suck it up, let it happen, or just like let let the let the day go by, let the let the sun come up the next day and mm-hmm. fucking move on. Right. Or who gonna protect me? So mm-hmm. I think I think that was a, a real interesting segue into this conversation because it wasn't really um, we did not expect mm-hmm. for it to go this way, but I think that that's the deepest answer we can give to your question in terms of why we so guarded sometimes. But even then, I think um, that. That's, that requires a lot of solitude for women to really work through and figure out what that is for themselves, but also men as well. So my question for you or for all of y'all is, like, have you had a time frame of solitude that has given you clear clarity before you go into the dating scene? And if so, what has that experience been like? And, I mean, has it helped you in the dating scene, or are you still dealing with that? Like, can y'all speak on y'all's experience a little bit? I think each dating experience is different. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a period in my life where I did take that time out to like really focus on me and see what I really wanted. And then when I was ready, you know, it's just like, you know, it was cool from the very beginning. But I think at the end, by the end, mm-hmm. I realized I kind of jumped the gun. I don't say I don't want to say I was desperate, but I was a bit lonely, and I was mm-hmm. I felt like I was ready to like accept somebody else into my life. But it's just like, you know, that's why I say every experience is different. Yeah. Um, although I was ready, that doesn't necessarily mean my father was ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you got to be intentional and just really be, you know, like, like I don't know, just very intentional about, like, who you bring into your life yeah. and, like, what you desire out of your life and, like, what others expect for, you know, for them and what they desire out of their life. Because if you don't see eye to eye, you guys are equally yoked, then, yeah. you know, like, you're going for self-destruction now. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, you know, that was the result of my relationship, mm-hmm. you know, but like now, you know, that I've been through that, now I've learned that, you know, although I'm lonely or although, you know, I feel like I may not be ready, you know, be patient, you know, take mm-hmm. my time, you know, don't necessarily rush into something, you know, don't necessarily cast my pearls in so early, you know, but like there is actually a process of bringing somebody and sharing my life with somebody, you know, so like yeah. that's, a, that was a learning experience for me, you know, like to your question. When is taking time? When is in his? I don't know. He said, "I'm coming on the mic, hold on, another talking." Sometimes you know you gotta be a good listener. Yeah, that's true. 
But to that question, uh, we just got to take more time to learn ourselves and know ourselves because people think because you're alone, you're lonely. I think it just makes you independent uh, because we get so accustomed to liking what our partner liked or the person that we were involved with liked or, okay, well, Jim liked it like this or Christina liked to do this and then we kind of find ourselves falling into the mix of who other people are. I mean, of course you find yourself because everybody is a reflection of, of who you are and your likes and dislikes anyway. That's how you really find you. Like, oh, this is what I would not deal with. This is what I would not uh, uh, put up with. Mm -hmm. um, and only other people can give you that experience, but we have to take the time to really get to know ourselves so we can know our likes and dislikes so we can mm -hmm. communicate that better. Mm -hmm. So we can set those boundaries better as opposed to allowing something to happen to us first and then be reactive That's instead true. of proactive and be like, well, look, nah, I'm already letting you know in the beginning. I don't fuck with this. I don't like this. And they get the the, op the option to choose if they're ready to go on board, you know, or take whatever baggage come on every flight that you will go on anyway because everybody got some baggage. So it's like, what turbulence are you willing to deal with? Like, okay, well, I know going to China, you feel me, it's a 21-hour flight. There's going to be a lot more going on than when we go to Vegas on this spirit airplane. You feel me? <laughs> so, like, what trick do you want to uh, take? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to take off of somebody? Because everybody come with something, but know what you come in with. Uh, again, I, I've said this before. Like, don't always worry about what people will come with the table with, like your table. Come with your table, set, you know? But you got to do that by yourself and through a, through a process because a lot of people are codependent and you feel me just rely on other people are so accustomed to just being with somebody. They don't, they don't know nothing else. Mm -hmm. So uh, they can't even get to really find them because they always trying to find somebody to feel like complete them. Yeah. And, and that's another thing with our generation when they give so much 50-50 and friendships, relationships, yeah. uh, they give in half. So who's getting the other uh, the other half? If we can't go 100-100, you mm -hmm. feel me? It, it don't add up anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so. Wait, can you speak on that codependency? Because I think you said something that we've talked about before, but I don't. we also have not dived into that. So what do you mean in terms of codependency um i mean everybody's household is, is a little different so i mean people's upbringing uh will allow them to have to feel like they need something because they don't know how to rely on themselves enough because maybe they felt alone or empty in the household even if it was brothers and sisters in there you know they were by themselves maybe they were the only child maybe they were you know the last child but um you feel like you need something else outside of you to make you feel whole and that goes to the trauma bonds. I know a lot of times, because I lost my mother when I was six years old. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people that I come across uh, that had that experience, they feel utterly connected at, at that point because we shared that. But I don't want that to be the reason why we have to be, you know, that the fact that we would both grew up in poverty or the fact that we both, you know, would do like, it shouldn't have to necessarily be like that for us to uh, connect, you know, but sometimes we fall into, we fall victim to, allowing somebody that has that same experience to be the one for us. It's like, well, they could be able to feel me a little mm -hmm. bit more. And mm -hmm. uh, shit, somebody should be able to elevate you, not just feel, you feel me, the, the bullshit you just have to experience, you know, so. Mm -hmm. That's real, man. It just brought up so many different experiences, especially growing up in the hood, and, you know, you have a shared experiences with someone, you know, your story is your story, somebody else's story is their story. And, um, you know, just coming up, you know, I'm a puppy love, you know, just like finding myself, you know, as my partner was finding herself at the time, you know, just like going through life and just like what she went through. Okay, I'm, I'm in love with you, so I'm going to go through the, everything that you go through. So if I want to kill myself or if you want to kill yourself, I'm going to kill myself because I'm just that mm -hmm. in love with you, you feel what I'm saying? And yeah. it's just like, you know, it's just like you go through those different experiences and you, you look back at them and you realize it's like, 
you know, just like, especially when we speak upon the terms of codependent relationships, you know, like, I feel like what's for you is for you, you know, your blessing mm-hmm. is your blessing, you're not God, you can't save everybody, you know, I mean, right. in fact, you know, I mean, for me, like, self-preservation is like the first law of life, you know, like, if I can save anybody else, I got to save myself, myself. Mm-hmm. and I'm still saving myself, so I just can't, sweetheart, I can't simply save you now, I might give you advice, you know, I might, like, help you along the way and try to meet you in the middle. I can help you, you know, help like, you. Exactly, yeah, but I can't save you. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, we're thrust into these different situations where, you know, we, like, got to play Superman or we feel like, okay, I can save you and I can save the world and I can save myself at the same time, especially as young guys, you know. Like, what the reality is, though, like, you will fucking, excuse my language, you would kill yourself. Like, you would literally drain yourself trying to save someone else before you can even save yourself, yeah. you know, so like, why settle for less, you know, a lot of times we don't have people telling us, you know, mm-hmm. no, like, no, like, like, their life is their life and your life is your life, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times what happens is you're so young and you feel like you can save this person, then all of a sudden, oh, now she get pregnant, now you feel like you're stuck because now you got to take care of this baby and then you got to take care of this family now, and I feel mm-hmm. like the, that process is how a lot of us get stuck. You know, wow. before I said, and then I'm not just saying just from a man's perspective because there's a lot of women out here with good hearts that will, will baby a man and like literally take a man under his under his wing and take care of him, and then all of a sudden he knock her up, and now she feel like she's stuck, she's stuck. And now all of this potential that she has is being minimized because she felt like, oh, I can save you, you know, because she was stuck in this codependent relationship, you know, and that comes with not just talking about trauma, but that comes with like verbal abuse and manipulation mm-hmm. and like just a whole umbrella of other things that unravels under this whole process, you know. So like before yeah. you get caught up and if you're young and you're listening to this, like you gotta think about yourself first. Like really say, Am I saving myself or am I saving myself and trying to save somebody else? And if you the answer to your question is you're trying to save yourself and somebody else, guess what? You're too young to save somebody else. Like get mm-hmm. you straight first. Because it's a lot of good women out here, especially when you get to college or if you're in college and then when you start your career. There's a lot of professionals out here that's looking for, for good people just like them. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of good people out here like them. So, like, use that as motivation to get yours at the end of the day. Because, like, codependent relationships, I've been in them before. And it's not fun, you know. Like, you know, I appreciate it because of the growth that has come from that. But, like... Don't walk through the valley because it, it, it sounds good and you feel like you got this God complex and you can save the world. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, you have no idea. Like, mm-hmm. having a child is real, you know? And having a child unexpectedly because you got this God complex, like I can save you, or the savior complex, like, you, man, you're saving yourself <laughs> a world of trouble. Yeah. I would like to add, though, like, that this, this works on, like, romantic situations, codependency. Um, because I can say from my experience, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a, I would say maybe when I was younger and I was dating, um, I had a codependent type of relationship with somebody, but I was a teenager then, but I would say that I'm not necessarily a codependent person, but people are usually codependent on me. Mm-hmm. So what I'm used to, and I'm in my like regular friendship dynamics or with my best friends is that they're codependent on me emotionally. So then they're always constantly coming to me. Um, when they need something, some type of like emotional lift, or they just constantly are dumping on me and dumping all their stuff. But and I mentioned this before, but never kind of check in on me, check in on me, or um, I don't really, uh, I don't use them in that type of way, um, how they use me, and it's like a very draining thing um, to constantly have to show up for people um, in different kind of ways as friends and 
you you don't get to do the same thing um and that people feel comfortable being codependent on you knowing that it's not a reciprocal situation but i will say going like piggybacking on that um not only does that apply to romantic situations but you have to be mindful of not to let not to think that you can save somebody who's your friend because i think that that's usually something that we don't talk about and we always feel like we have to like we owe people something especially when they're friends i think more so when we're friends because we could break up with um i feel like our significant others easier than we can break up with friends because we feel like well there's so much time here and there's so many memories and just a lot of stuff so oftentimes we will put ourselves to the side and just allow so many things to happen um, especially if it's someone that you hold to a high caliber that you consider to be a best friend or that you've known for a really really long time even if the relationship has been rocky for a while you will try to make it work or just uh, you don't communicate the shifting boundaries that happen and I notice now as an adult I've had to have conversations or I tried to have a conversation with my best friend about creating boundaries now that we're adults because when we became best friends we were in high school but now things have happened and he uses me in a in that kind of way emotional dumping and just dealing with his life issues and stuff like that um, which is which was fine for a while, but because I had my own stuff going on, like we were talking about, some people have are at different points in their life, and sometimes you're no longer able to because you have stuff going on emotionally as well, and because that person doesn't do that for you, you have to deal with that stuff on your own, especially if you're already an independent person, and I am an independent person in that way, especially emotionally. So um, I realize that a lot of people have issues with that conversation about boundaries. Because then they will have to acknowledge the fact that there's about to be a shift that they don't want to adjust to, that they don't really like. Because that means that they're not going to get the same level of access to you as they did. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship isn't going to be fulfilling. But I think sometimes people, when they use you in a type of way that creates codependency, it's very hard for them to want to be independent and you can't really force somebody to want to be independent in that kind of way. So that creates tension, I've noticed. A lot, a lot of deep discussion said. Uh, I think prior to this conversation, I think you all as women, mm -hmm. you all said some touching things, some deep things. Um, as a man, I just want to say I like apologize. Like I haven't experienced the things y'all have experienced. I've been through a lot of heavy trauma y'all have had. But I have, a, I have a mom and a sister, and that's how I kind of try to treat women. Mm -hmm. So to me, it is like disheartening just to, I know the stories, and I hear the stories, but I don't hear on the day-to-day, -day, weekly, monthly basis mm -hmm. of the type of trauma that women go through. So as a man, mm -hmm. although I might not have caused any of the trauma, I do want to apologize because it's not right. I mean, I think the biggest thing is the problem is that people don't grow up knowing like what love is or how to love yourself like it kind of goes back to like codependency like mm -hmm. as a man I think as a young age we might try to manipulate a woman because we might try to be codependent with them mm -hmm. unfortunately it's not mm -hmm. healthy mm -hmm. and I'm not giving a wave or a pass yeah. to it but that's how it is it's like it is at a young age in society we really learn like self love even with friendship like all my friends know like I'm one of the worst friends because mm -hmm. like you can't really depend on me like that because I'm focused on Kanai like, Kanai mm -hmm. is top th top two, top one of my goals. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm not really, like, you can always call me and my phone's open, but I'm not always that friend that's going to go out of my way to make sure that you're okay, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it's because I love myself so much that I got to protect my energy more than I got to protect your energy, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I think that in our society, that's 
it is very selfish as black people, but that's not our nature. Mm. We're never known to be selfish people. We're always yeah. trying to give that's and try true. to help and try to build. It takes a community to raise a child. That's, yeah. that's who we are. But I think because we live in America and how things are, like we do need to learn how to be selfish with our love and with our time and mm-hmm. with our energy. Because it's not, it comes through all this trauma and all this, like, this just emotional distraught that goes yeah. on because it's like, no one taught us at a young age really just how to be with yourself and deal with your problems solo dolo. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my demons go back to back every night. I don't tell nobody. Right. I don't tell a soul, like, so it's different between me and a lot of different people. It's like, yo, when I go through, I don't go through Twitter. I don't go on Instagram. I don't mm-hmm. go on, like, I just go through it. And I think, like, it's unfortunate and it's a man thing, maybe, or you know what I mean? But it's like, as sometimes I think as people, that's how we should become more as, unfortunately. Like, you can't depend always on somebody. You can't expect someone to be there with you. Like, unfortunately, when you're in that casket, it's only you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of how I approach life and look at everything. It's like, it's hard for me to look at codependent with someone because, like, I've had so many nights where I'm just by myself. Mm-hmm. I've had so many nights where it was just me solo, dolo with it. So for me to try to say, you're going to be there for me or you're going to, you know, like try to manipulate and try to have you there every night. It's just like it's not because I've learned like I made it through by myself. I saw the light by myself. So I think more people need to go through that type of thing. Like more people try to bring someone else in with them in the darkness. Mm-hmm. More people try to feel make people. Oh, I'm I'm feeling bad. You gotta feel bad with me too. Mm-hmm. And it's like nah, man. You feel bad. Go go do that shit by yourself, man. Yeah. And you can come back when you feel better, and I'll be here right with you. Mm-hmm. So it's just like how people have that perception of life and how they view things. It's like that's why I feel like we have all these different types of Kanai, I think you made a real interesting point because I was watching church earlier today, you know, because everything online, right? Mm-hmm. So I was watching Pastor, and he was talking about how, like, when you go through the storm, like, um, you, you can't come, so basically he was saying you can't come out of 2020 empty-handed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is literally, we are watching the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. It's snowstorms going on in a part of the country. It's freaking hurricanes going on on another end of the country. Mm-hmm. Fires. And then freaking inferno over here on this end of the yeah. country. You know what I mean? Like earthquakes. it's earthquakes. Freaking right now, I like I was watching the news a couple days ago. And they were saying at the time they were saying there was seven hurricanes in the middle of um what's that what's that ocean that's in the middle? The Atlantic? The Atlantic Ocean. You Don't know get, Americans don't. No, yeah, like, I believe it's the Atlantic Ocean, right? It's like seven seven hurricanes were happening at that time. They haven't seen that in 50 years, right? Okay, so before our time. So this is a perfect storm, right? And so Pastor was saying, like, you you know, this, this is one of those situations where um, whatever is happening to you right now, you are on a, a stretch of, of – um, ocean <laughs> in a boat with just you and God like the boat is God you are you in that mm. boat like you yeah. supposed to be trusting wherever he taking you because you can't see nothing and it's like it's literally that's where we are right now mm. it's not like if we are very um intentional taking that time to ourselves and really um experiencing therapy like I'm gonna call them this week you know what I'm saying I'm off on Tuesday I'm gonna call them right between two and yes, three right. like listen let me get yeah. an appointment because yeah. now is the time to really focus on yourself and heal with yeah. like heal those things mm-hmm. or those wounds that you didn't know existed yeah. you know and I feel like this time we ain't never had this much still time you know what I mean like thankfully a lot of us can work from home or some of us may have just stepped away from our positions mm-hmm. or have been experiencing life without like work but this is now the time where we are literally in solitude like mm-hmm. 
And so it's just um, real interesting to see what solitude exposes yeah. and those codependency mm-hmm. relation or those codependent relationships that we have. In this time, in this quarantine and COVID, because I, I don't know, earlier this year, I just felt like there were so many things happening. Ne- I don't want to say negatively, but things that were happening in my life that were surrounding my job that were just very negative. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was just in some way like, the universe or the Lord, like, you got to go. Like, this is really not for you. Like, it was, I was getting stressed. Like, I was, when I get stressed, it's like a hormonal thing, so I get acne. Like, it's a whole, like, thing. And I noticed even mentally, like, I was forgetting stuff. I was, like, I was really, like, really stressed. I was getting into, like, car situations, and it was always by work, going from work. It was always surrounding work. So then I was, like, I have to go. Like, I had reached my breaking point, and then at that point, I was kind of sitting still because it's the quarantine I wasn't working. I'm, like, I have to work on my stuff, like on myself. Cause it was just a lot of stuff that I noticed that I had to like unpack and really think like, what do you want to do? What do you really like? Because you don't like that. Like, I really don't like the interpersonal, like counseling, like that's not really my thing. And, but I've always been very, like I'm an anxious person. I have social anxiety and I have generalized anxiety. So a lot of things make me anxious, but, um, but I, but the things that I want to do, I have to kind of, figure out ways to navigate that. But the reason why I'm anxious is around like trauma and past stuff and all those things like that. So I had to take this break and really like think process and like work on myself. And because I took that time and I realized I also made a decision not to date, (laughs) even though I really wasn't dating to begin with, but I was really like, it was like, I'm, if you and my, I'm not dating. Like that's what was being said because I had to like I didn't have time to be trying to think or talk to or be concerned about somebody else I had to like take all that time to work on myself and to be in my thoughts and to like figure myself out and what I'm doing and because I did that I've now gotten to a point to where I've been able to do things that before I was not able to do like I started my YouTube channel and I've been uploading a lot and before I started a YouTube channel I uploaded twice but I couldn't really do it because I was still so anxious. I was nervous about like what people thought, like just a whole bunch of stuff like that. But that was because I had to work on some stuff that of course I had in me for a long period of time. And that's nobody else's stuff to deal with. And I've never put that on anybody else. But I noticed that this time, like you said, because we have so much time to just sit and just like do what we want to do, we might as well use that time to work on ourselves. And I've noticed that since I've done that, I've been able to make significant progress. And that I've also like feel like, I don't know, very productive and just feel like I'm walking in my purpose and I feel lighter than I did when I was trying to fit and do something that I didn't really want to do. And that just was, I think, bringing up, it was triggering me, but I didn't know it was triggering me. And then so everything else around me, I think just, it was like a perfect storm, like you said, and it pushed me into this place like a pressure cooker, but it was for the good because I'm now in this place. I still have more progress to make, of course, but I feel like I agree with that. I think it's the perfect time for people if they have the time because some people don't and they're still working as heavily as they did before. But if they do, that it's time to work on like whatever projects you want to work on, whatever hobbies you have, like self-care, whatever it is that you feel like is lacking or that you, I don't know, that you may just need. I think that this is the time to do it. Yeah. Because we're going to end on a lighter note. My question is, how do y'all feel as, as educated men or as experienced men, um, like those who may have your own business or working with nonprofits or doing your own thing, how do you feel about being titled a hood nigga? Or, like, do you identify with that? What What is that sentiment 
Period. Like, how do y'all feel about that in general? Yeah. Educated women looking for hood niggas. I know what? I'm glad that you asked that question because I feel like I'm a product of the streets. I come from the streets. You know, my family all in the streets. But at the same time, that gives me the opportunity to show people that, you know, there is a way out. You know, and although that's my background, that doesn't necessarily identify. You know, it's almost like, you know, you don't let your struggle become your identity. Right. So although I come from the struggle, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily allow that to be my identity. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the beauty in all of that is just allowing myself to grow into who I want to be, who I desire to be, and still be the same hood guy. You know, but, you know, that, that don't necessarily mean I'm out here portraying myself to be like, oh, this thug or this, you know, you feel what I'm saying? Like, I come from it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a product of it, but it's in me, but at the same time, like, I'm me, and I think that's the beauty of just being who I am, it's just like, I can play both roles, and, you know, that just goes into being able to code switch, being able to, like, mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like corporate yeah. thugging, you feel Yeah, what I'm yeah right, you know? right, <laughs> that's what it is. Like, when you talk about relationships, business, anything, you know, so, I don't know, I love who I am, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Personally, I believe in duality. You feel me? I feel like you should be able to, you know, be who you need to be in the environment that you're in. And at the same time, I am not a product of my environment. I am a product of my choices. Mm. Because I don't do what the title entails. Okay. Just like if somebody was to call themselves a Christian or a Buddhist, like you would usually fall in line with what that title entails you to be. So if somebody was to label me a hood nigga, I would not to want to encompass what it is a hood nigga. That's real though. That's real, right? It's the way he worded it. Right. <laughs> but you know what? When I say I'm a product of my environment, yeah, I'm from Burton or whatever. But you know, that doesn't mean it gotta be a negative. You know, like stereotype to that. Yeah, you know, I can be from Berkeley. Like, in fact, the mayor of the city where I come from is from Berkeley. You know, he's a product of that environment. Yeah, right. So, like, I can determine what that product determines. Yeah, you know, yeah, based upon much. my yeah. actions, based upon my decisions. So, yeah. I like the fact that you say you're a product of your decisions, but you know, my decisions to be a product of my environment are based upon the actions that I have executed, based upon my lived experiences, and which <laughs> allows me Ooh. to further develop more lived experiences based upon the experiences of others. <laughs> Now I can stand on their shoulders and be ten times greater, just like the younger generation that's gonna come after me. Right. It's gonna still be a product of the environment, but they're gonna stand on my shoulders and be ten times greater. So it's like you feel like a domino effect of positivity right. all depends on your perspective, your lens, and your pursuit. So I mean that's how I look at it from, but I really like how you articulate this decision yep. determines discipline, you know. So like, you know, like that's facts, you know, straight facts. So, so if I'm you was dating a girl, if you were dating a girl, and she was talking to her parents about you, and she was like, "I'm dating a hood nigga," that's how you would want her. That's okay. You no. you don't mind. So that was the question. Like, I, well, I think like, you would you? Kind of yeah. yeah. Would like you mind? Okay. Okay, so it's, if she was talking to her friends and was like, I'm dating a hood nigga, is that still acceptable? Is that okay? No, y'all trying to twist it around. <laughs> that means y'all don't like what it's called. You don't like it. Just say it. She's talking to her friends about me. She's dating a nigga. I am not a hood nigga. I'm just a regular old nigga. Because you think about a hood nigga, you just think maybe, okay, if you think a hood nigga with, 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 some, with some book smarts, you think a Nipsey. 
Yeah. A nigga that still go right around with the bleaky. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And still get you to think. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. You know? So, the Even though I do believe in protecting <laughs> my people, I do have a gun license. I do have a yeah. firearm. Yeah. But I ain't riding around with the bleaky. Yeah. Right, right. I don't have a thought with both yeah. conversation. I hear you. You feel me? Like, so I can't help where I was born. Exactly. So you wouldn't like to be caught that basically. No. no. Okay. No. Got it. No. And no for you, can I? No, I'm just a okay. Yeah. Is that a yes for you? I'm just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> the answer sounds like no. But don't introduce me to somebody from the hood. I'm not right. Even if I am. Right. My people might be from Calvary. My people might be from Calvary. Right. I'm not a hood nigga just because I got access to the hood. Right. 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 We right. said the benefit. Yes. They be in the hood too. Right. In the hood. Okay. Right. See, I just want to thank y'all, gentlemen, for coming to um, chat with us today. Part two of this conversation. And I feel like during season two, we may have an opportunity to really dive a little bit into um, some of the discussion that we had today. But um, this has been a real interesting and en- enlightening yeah. episode number nine. So look for the closing. Um, that'll be next. And um, let's go ahead. You know, we can't ever close out without prayer, but um, let's go ahead and take this moment to do that. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this good time that we had to share with uh, one another our personal experiences, and we hope that you allow us to use this platform to inspire those who hear us. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for this time, and thank you for this experience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, trouble don't last always. Joy coming in the morning.